This is your boy GDT checking in. You are listening to As a Matter of Black podcast. Do yourselves a favor. Tell your family, your friends, your colleagues, your baby daddies, your baby mamas, your sugar mamas, your sugar daddies to like, subscribe, and share the news. Check us out. Welcome to our podcast. As, As a, a matter, matter of, of black. black. I'm Bowie. Tis the season to be Bali. What up? And we're back. La 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 <laughs> la la. And Bali is really excited about the holidays. So I'm excited about Kwanzaa. Yep, it's on the way. Yep. Any who's speaking of Kwanzaa. Come on. Um, <laughs> The collective work and responsibility is everybody who's been listening to our podcast over the last year. Shout and so we're so very excited. We're, we're constantly looking at the numbers and our numbers are always going up. We love our supporters. We love everybody who's sharing and liking and engaging in conversation with us um, around the topics that we discuss on the podcast. And so, you know, as usual, we're just thankful for all of our pals and our listeners. No doubt. And shout out to everybody who was listening. And uh, we got that Spotify wrapped. Yeah. We gained in some listenership and followers. It was up like 59% this year. Already. I mean, half y'all wasn't even fooling with your, with your people's last year. Then. That's what it was. Uh, right. Almost over half. Almost more than half. Almost yeah. 100% of people weren't fooling with us. Already. <laughs> But now, <laughs> now they just not fooling with the voicemail. <laughs> yeah, and we 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 still need people to um to send us voice messages. I didn't check. I hadn't checked in a couple of days. Y'all heard my spirit. Now I ain't gonna lie. Y'all she, heard my feelings. She was hurt with the voice messages. We asked and solicited voice messages from people, and we only received one. But the one that we received is actually really good. We're gonna play that on this episode. Already, so don't let the chopper ring just yet. <laughs> You know, give people a minute to, you know, go forward with us. Well, we're back with another episode, and um, I am really excited for this episode. Why? Well, because my bestie is going to be on it. Mm. <laughs> you know, my bestie. Sounds like there is a hater <laughs> to my right. <laughs> So for a really long time, when I started the podcast, my best friend and I were always talking about how we were so excited for her to get on. And today she's actually on. Her name is Taylor and she's here. And I'm so excited for her to share her perspective about all the things we got planned to talk about today. Yay. Yay. Welcome, Taylor. First of all, I'm always Beyonce. I'm the center of attention, so thank you. Oh. <laughs> and you're, you're in the middle, so I guess it makes us... Put me at the front. Kelly and Michelle. That's Michelle. Or Latoya. Oh, sorry, this is Michelle. Latoya, or... See, you're already <laughs> acting up, man. You know what I'm saying? I don't see no kitten heels. <laughs> showing up and showing out before we even get no, started. If God says yes, no one can say no kitten heels. <laughs> What is you, you call me Michelle? Yeah, you Michelle. Uh, of course, she's Kelly. She's international acclaim. 
Okay. And I'm brown. And, and mm-hmm. I, so I just went from, from R&B, sexy, sexy, to, <laughs> to gospel, honey. With a kid heel. Don't forget that. With a kid heel. <laughs> God, if we had your eyes, I would just, oh. <laughs> just bear some change. <laughs> you make it perfect, Michelle. <laughs> not with y'all. Not with y'all. Y'all not gonna make me the 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 backup backup Destiny Child member. It's a with the least amount of success. You yeah. need Michelle to fall on stage and carry on. Absolutely. And wear her uh suit. Cause how would we be as following? <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what? This is all going so bad, so bad. Uh, yeah, you know. Okay. I'm going to rearrange the group. I'm going to make you Latavia, so, Latavia, Latoya Luckett back then. Nah, the you going to be like, yeah, Latoya Luckett. Like when Beyonce put the girls on the plane, she was like, I don't even know where they went, but we have to go to the MTV Awards. <laughs> she put them hoes on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Guys, let's get back on track. Yeah. Let's do it. Please. Okay. So, Taylor, there's maybe some people who don't know who you are. So, why don't you talk to us about like who you are and what are some of the things you've been doing during the pandemic? Well, I actually made a big change as far as my career goes. Because when the pandemic started, I was in corporate sales or mm-hmm. business sales, mm-hmm. working for a particular company. Mm-hmm. You know, shout out to them, they suck. Yeah, I got my iPad and my phone service from Hug, the best deal I ever received, exactly. by the way. I did not know this. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. double up deals. I, yeah, I used it was to the best up. deal ever. Mm-hmm. You used to, not anymore. Not anymore. She does it in a different way. Okay, okay, deal maker. I'm good at that. And so I always, you know, enjoyed the idea of convincing people and the persuasion, negotiation involved, but I was always big with science. So the thing that kind of made me make the change into going back to school was just the fact that I was doing something that I was not happy doing. Especially with corporate America, corporate sales, it is very male dominated and mm-hmm. it's very white centric. <laughs> so a lot of As your yeah, a lot of like <laughs> your progress and anything that you do is being measured against someone doing nothing and it kind of gets old. So you figure, well, if I'm gonna be measured against people doing nothing, why don't I join STEM? <laughs> As a black person in STEM? Absolutely yeah you have to work twice as hard so i was like this is more fulfilling i'm doing the same thing so i went back um in georgia go to gsu shout out gsu is it the panthers or the tigers somebody <laughs> I don't know it's the polar bears no i didn't see the polar bear because no. i met the mascot he was walking down the street it's the he yeah whatever you just throwing that stuff man. <laughs> somebody- Somebody got mad. It's the Willoughby's. Yeah, somebody, somebody got mad at me recently. They was like, you know, I graduated from GSU. And I was like, Georgia State University. He was like, no, stop playing Grambling. And I was like, what's a couple GSU? You know what I'm saying? I didn't know Grambling was acronym like that. It's Grambling not- State University. But people don't uh, refer people don't to really, it. People yeah. say I graduated from. This was somebody who graduated from. That's so weird. Uh, okay, yeah. well, you're kind of being a little strange, <laughs> 
Because uh, what I was noticing, I was running into was it was more focused on the prestige of what we're doing than the reality of how important it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kept seeing stuff that personally affected me and the people around me regarding health that and it was rubbing me the wrong way. And a lot of the times, like especially if you're a black woman and you're in STEM, they tend to kind of have these what they call weeding out courses. And one of those weeding out courses, I was like. Girl, I was on the Harry website. <laughs> they had a video to play. It was research. It's fine. <laughs> she over here on TikTok, y'all. <laughs> I'm learning to be Right? She like classy. <laughs> she broke out in the savage days <laughs> inside the Ace Hardware. It's for Juneteenth. No word. <laughs> You became a savage she did it for the people. Okay. <laughs> we needed some savages around here. And she knew, she knew she knew all the steps. <laughs> the whole dance. Was you wearing those cute little white boots that you be wearing? <laughs> it's the summer. Okay. <laughs> I wore Tim's in the summer. You know what I'm saying? Hey. Summer. <laughs> yeah, my okay. son is. Like, <laughs> yep. Where was the kid? Okay. Well, we're <laughs> Okay. So, okay. So you 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 were in corporate sales, and you decided to switch into going back to school to pursue mm-hmm. a STEM, like a STEM focused major, right? Yes. Okay. So, so what has your experience been like during during that time? Well, to be honest with you, it is a lot better than when I originally started my journey here in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have some unfortunate encounters with professors, and what you'll notice in academia, it's this archaic expectation of you to withhold a standard that really doesn't apply to your specific situation as a Black person in STEM. And they hold you to it, like there's no wiggle room. So especially mm-hmm. when I was here, it was very hard for me when I was realizing that the people that were teaching me didn't even want to teach the subject. And I felt so passionate about it that it just made me kind of lose my tribe. So by me transitioning to GSU, it was a much better experience because I definitely ran into a lot more, it was more Black professors, number one. I never thought I would ever be taught organic chemistry by a Black woman from Africa. I never thought that would be a thing. That sounds really cool. Yes. It was a great experience because one of the things I did value was that I never felt like I wasn't seen as a person because she always made sure that everybody understood what was going on, what they needed. She talked to us about preparing us for our careers and our future. So as far as just 
my experience now has been great on the side of being exposed to more educators that are of color. Mm. But then the flip side is, you know, this past semester, I personally had to deal with a person that still has that old, outdated way of thinking. You know, right. imagine being in the class and somebody has a meltdown on a Zoom call. How do you respond to a 50-year-old white woman having a meltdown on a Zoom call? There's really no response. I guess you don't. Yeah. And your grade <laughs> is on the line. So you're just sitting there like, so like, I'm, and the only thing you could think of is, I wonder if I email her, are we going to lose points? Because <laughs> that's the only thing you care about. You're like, girl, I don't care. <laughs> so, like, am I going to get a hundred? Right. Or? That's all you care about. Like, and that's, and that's, uh, that's like the flip <laughs> side is you obsessed. You become obsessed with GPA because of the standard, not realizing that with you having that community out there and being in a place like Atlanta where it's a lot of black physicians, you can backdoor a lot of the stuff they tell you you can't do. Because you come in and they tell you, you got to have clinical hours. Well, you have to have clinical hours if you have the ability to work for free. Everybody don't have the ability to work at a hospital for free. <laughs> nobody's signing up you know to say hey like it's even though it's a valued experience you'll still have those professors that'll say well you know you must not want it or it's not valued because you don't want to do it for free that's not true if you step outside of your bubble of privilege you would know that some people simply cannot perform duties for free and they're here to learn yeah. so my whole thing you gotta is, have an economic privilege yeah. thank you <laughs> to do that type to of volunteer yeah. to be able to volunteer so how many like you as a black woman like how many other black women have you have you seen in the last year kind of follow you in different classes or in lab a lot of them. There's this one um, Black woman that I'm thoroughly impressed with. She usually has her daughter with her oh, in organic chemistry. Oh, so sweet. Sweet girl. And she's an EMT. Okay. And she talks about how she wanted to make the transition to medicine as a physician and how important it was to her and how connected she is to the cause. And I think that's kind of the thing that sets you apart as someone of color. Yeah. You can, you're connected to a cause that your peers wouldn't even be able to experience. Their first experience of disenfranchised people is when they're in an ER and probably their third year of med school. Mm. That's their first experience. Mm -hmm. They've not had to talk to anyone about how they're feeling. Hell, this is what's, they don't even have how jaundice looks on black people in medical textbooks. We're just now yeah. getting images. I always actually wondered about that because I know your eyes turn yellow, but your skin mm -hmm. turn yellow too, don't it? But how would it look on a black, black person? People. Oh, okay. But yeah. your eyes still turn yellow? It's yellowing of the eyes, but then there are other conditions that can cause it. Because I'd be wondering about, I see people with yellow eyes all the time, but yeah. I never think, oh, they must have jaundice. But I've also never been like <laughs> so. yeah, Thank you for not giving your independent <laughs> diagnosis to people. I think you got... <laughs> Do you know you got jaundice in this? You no, heard of no, no, no. <laughs> so like I'm sorry, brother. What's your name? What's she saying? <laughs> uh, we, don't, we don't need you. I'm doing, sorry, sir. Uh, your independent investigation. Listen, my friend, <laughs> my friend is in medical school now. <laughs> now, I'm going to sit down so I can talk to you. Now, is the yellow of uh, your eyes related to John? 
Y'all are laughing about it, huh? Okay. Okay, I'm right. <laughs> right. No, I think okay, it, just tell us I what think it, it is. I think it comes from Seagram's game. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm good. laughs> y'all, see, that's what I'm talking about right here. That's why y'all can't be a group no more, because y'all don't know how to act together. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, come on, let's get back on the track. Okay. They laugh at people with jaundice and, and Graves disease. We know them people got colors in their eyes too. But it's all it's okay though, because that's gonna be funny on this episode right here. Sickness. Coming from somebody that's about to be in the medical field. Okay. Nah, it's gonna be on that patient chart. Did not drink single. So that's not the reason. Y'all laughing at thigh people with thyroids and everything. All right. Okay, now talk, tell us again about the jaundice thing. <laughs> can you can you can you respect it this time? It, it is a condition. So okay. Right. Um it's definitely Lord. associated with drinking. That's why I made the comment. Is it really? <laughs> <laughs> it's really even funnier second time around. We're about to have a beer later on in the review, too. So I hope y'all really laughing it up, okay? It's even funnier than second time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. It is, because it's a liver problem. Uh, but as far as. As far as how certain illnesses present, for example, there's also a skin thing called procure. And they use it as like a general term to describe like any raised like type of skin rash or anything you have. And if you it's look at what? Purpura. P-U-R-P-U-R-A. Okay. So it's basically like, I don't know if you ever had just like a slight irritation rash. Basically, um, it's like little dots and they don't tend to be red. They just little dots. And when you look at them in the medical textbook, the only example you have is white skin. Mm. The only examples we have white fetuses. The only examples we have is what different things present. Even hell, cyanosis, like cyanosis is the condition of lack of oxygen you're supposed to turn blue. We don't tend to, <laughs> you know, oh my God, let's turn blue because maybe that was a big thing during COVID. They were saying, you our blue is like a gray. Okay. So if I guess that's kind of where the difficulty is with people that come from backgrounds who don't commune with others, they don't know what anything looks like until they are exposed to places like Grady and places like Emory Mm. and they're in there telling you you're not feeling pain. So that's where the problem comes in with the racial health disparities is it's gatekept because you think about it. I was talking to you about this the other day, 15, I think it was like 1500 people applied for residency and about 68% of them were black. Yeah. Well, only 200 people were matched with residency. Yeah. But the AMC collected every single fee. It's like a thousand bucks. I want to say just come, if you apply to maybe like two schools, like a thousand dollars. In addition to the fees. And you don't get a refund if you get nobody. Yeah. Nobody gets the money back. You just have to do a fellowship and then try again. Mm. Um, but that's yeah, that's the biggest issue is we're having these conversations around doctor shortages and lack of people in the field. But at every turn during my journey, I've had more people try to deter me. Yeah. That aren't 
my color that aren't that isn't my race mm -hmm. and I thought that was interesting because it's really representative of the problem that we're experiencing and the fact that we're kind of circling around the issue and not just you know they won't outright admit no like you you're placing importance on things where I'll see physicians say I have like a classroom full of super smart kids 4.0s came from best colleges and they lack any social and people skills mm. they can't talk to people mm. they can't even get through a 12 it's like a, a 12 nerve exam it's called cranial nerve exam where they have you shrug your shoulders bite down smell to make sure that all of your cranial nerves are working they can't even get through a simple exam with talking to people because they just they're so far they removed. don't have it yeah they don't have it but they have the grades right. so now we're seeing that this can't continue because you know you'll get people like dr death this grown ass man at baylor medical been killing killing people he was mm -hmm. doing coke while he was doing so surgery. Coke, coke surgery yes he was on four different pills when they tested him yeah writing his own prescriptions yeah. and he just kept passing through the system it was crazy when they went back and looked at it and what was approved they had a practicing chief of surgery <clears throat> that wrote off on his skills and ability and when they went back to question him he hadn't actually witnessed him in a surgery you're not supposed to be able to do that you can't write off on any surgery that yeah, you have not watched that was the same the same doctor that fired him right didn't somebody like didn't he get fired or something? And then they, they didn't really note in his record why? They actually didn't fire him. It oh, was from a different him. hospital. The one that wrote off that basically recommended him, he didn't he didn't fire him. Okay, he okay. did a program with him Got it. where he helped manufacture medical devices. Yeah. But he wrote his surgery recommendation knowing he did not sit in surgeries with him. And that's what the problem is. Yeah was that you can make a recommendation off of how smart someone is, how intelligent, quote unquote, somebody is. But we are also producing these types of people where that's all it's about. Mm -hmm. The only focus is GPA. The only focus is, oh, well, at least you're more intelligent than this person, but this person could become a better physician if given the same level playing field. Yeah. So did you have a question? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just, I'm oh. just soaking it all up. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Hey, I, I worked in hospitals before, so I've seen how it's a stressful environment. But a lot of those, you know, surgeons, doctors, physicians, whatever, you know, they are supposed to have all the book smarts. But I was thinking in my mind when she was talking how they just don't really have those skills. It's like you come back yeah. to the pandemic, they'd be socially distant. They'd be socially distanced. <laughs> <laughs> Distance in their life and their experiences. Yeah, and, and everything. And, and, and you know what I'm saying? Like you talk about we she was seeing pictures of white patients with this disease or this sickness or whatever. And it's like they be social, they've been social distancing for a long time because they don't fool with different communities to understand, you know, what's going on with different people in communities. And you always hear about, you know, uh, women that are pregnant, how uh, the complaints go fall on deaf ears a lot of times when they up in there and they have to literally fight with nursing staffs and the doctors Absolutely. to get treated yeah. and be heard because they all think black women are exaggerating or I really don't think they think black women be exaggerating. I think this is just a lack of uh, 
of care for just black women in general. It's like, oh, they black, they strong, they can do whatever, they can complain, but they'll they'll deal with it. Yeah, you know, it, it's just that attitude too. So I don't even think they think all black women be lying. I think they just be like uh, tough it out most and of the time. Anyway, the mortality rate for for black women and other non-white women is really high in in their pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Like there was a study that came out that I that I read that was really mortifying, talking about these pregnant women just like dropping dead, like on their way to the kitchen to get a snack mm-hmm. or you know all this stuff, high blood pressure and and um, with gestational diabetes and all this stuff happening and like the you know it's like it's almost like oh they expect it it's like oh you're gonna get it we expect your blood pressure to be high or whatever and it's just like they don't really do anything to to prevent it or to help treat it like all of my cousins that that got pregnant they all had really 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 high blood pressure they all had severe swelling in their feet and ankles. They all had uh, gestational diabetes. Most of them stayed in the hospital up to two weeks, which to me is crazy mm. because they couldn't get their blood pressure down. They couldn't get the swelling down. Um, so a lot of my family members went through really horrific pregnancies, you know, almost to the point to where like they was like, I don't ever want to get pregnant again. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's honestly one of the biggest issues too that connected me to everything. Um, was witnessing people around me that had to go through extremely rough pregnancies. Because if you think about it, I went to see this, I'm trying to remember her name, but she is a historian with medicine, she's like a medical historian, and she's a black woman, and she talked about her experience with IVF treatments. Um, and basically, even with having money, how she was still treated differently, mm-hmm. in addition to the father of gynecology being J. Mary and Sam's, <clears throat> he used to practice on slaves, you know, anesthesia. So mm-hmm. all of the medical innovations and things that are in our textbooks came from all of these people who used us as study tools. But when they wrote the textbooks, they didn't they drew white bodies. But who were they operating on? Yeah. they were operating on us <laughs> but we never but for some reason when you drew the textbooks we were not represented so now we've come into this new age of medicine where we have to be represented the numbers are coming out public health reports are coming out you can't like escape the fact that you are actively doing this I've even seen a documentary where they asked an Indian doctor hey do you feel like, in your opinion, where you work in the ER, that people treat Black patients differently? He said, absolutely, yes. They ignore mm. their pain concerns. Yeah. They treat them like they're all addicts. And we look at the opioid pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, and people like to say, well, you know, some, you know, Black people were affected too. I'm like, a small portion. We yeah. don't get pain medicine. We have to beg for pain medicine. Mm-hmm. anytime you I can ask any black person about any time you've ever hurt or were in severe pain or had an outpatient procedure what was that conversation like with what they offered you they started with Tylenol I bet they did mm-hmm. <laughs> they always start with Tylenol oh, but when I get Tylenol free oh yeah something but when I talk to my other my you know what your you counterparts European American. 
basically <laughs> talk to them and you know they've never had a problem with getting any so i mean it's just it's it's unsettling but it's important that i see people like me i'm glad i see a lot of it's a lot of black women in my yeah. classes it's a lot of us that want to do it so like sure. with you starting out sort of just starting out and kind of going through everything have you and other people like other black women in your class sort of got a looming feeling of like I'm not sure if like if I'm making the right decision in terms of pursuing this sort of this this career or this degree absolutely because it's like excuse my language a mind fuck Mm-hmm. you feel capable it's so weird you're at home you're doing your homework you're in the book everything makes sense you can explain it to your friends you watch stuff you you know you look at things you look at cases online you're on radio Pia. you're just like oh i get this it's perfect yeah and then you go in front of people who feel like there's a tap dance to be had to prove that you're intelligent enough to be here because they've already discounted your intelligence before you talk to them right so you know I unfortunately had an experience here at UALR in the department of biology where I was having a conversation with the department head about what I wanted to do and how I was struggling with chemistry I've never been strong in chemistry and he simply said well you just have to stop talking to the boys uh you just have to buckle down and you have to focus, well, maybe you should do nursing. Look at all the letters on my wall. These are all from the students who went to medical school. You know, you're just, you're just gonna have to try something else. So it was, when I said, like, my feelings was hurt. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, am I really, am I gonna have to try something else? And so when I transferred schools, my GPA went from the twos mm-hmm. to the high threes instantly after one semester. So all that told me was half of the time we're being put in these positions and feel like we're not supposed to be here. It is by people that simply just don't want us there. And then we start to kind of take that in as maybe I'm not as smart. And it doesn't mean you have low self-esteem or anything like that. It's just that these are the people that are kind of roadblocks. This is the Department of Biology head. Yeah. You don't think this person is going to say that to you because you think about, you know, your white counterparts that complain about struggling and all these recommendations they get. So you go thinking you're going to get the same ones, but you're being told that you a hoe. Right. <laughs> I was like, damn. As a solution. Not a hoe. So, <laughs> I was like, that was quick. <laughs> So this this feeling of like oh you know maybe I'm not supposed to be here it has a meaning I mean it has, it's it's a term yeah so imposter syndrome is something that a lot of people have started to communicate um, it's definitely not just in STEM it's in a lot of areas of life because we rarely get opportunities to be in spaces where we can make effective change on like a larger level yeah. and we usually have to work from the bottom up. And that doesn't look like the traditional bootstraps conversation that people like to throw out there. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole lot worse than bootstraps. Like you, you work in where you don't even know where the shoe store is and you walk in barefoot mm-hmm. <laughs> and you got no GPS. <laughs> so, 
you got to get there. You got to get your size. Then you find out you ain't got no money for the bootstraps. Right. <laughs> you got to find money for the bootstraps. Yeah. It's just, it turns into a snowball effect of more and more things that you have to do. And it depends on the individual if it's something that you want to, you know, continue to push through. But yeah, like it's almost like an out of body experience where you feel like I'm not supposed to be here. I'm an imposter. I'm playing at this. Mm-hmm. Mm. Have you ever heard of this before? No, never heard of, never heard of that phrase, that word, imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. I would think it would be something totally different. What you what you think it was? Nah, when she said imposter syndrome, I was just like, <laughs> I was thinking about people who, um, who, like, they don't know that they're an imposter. Like, mm. they walk around as if they, you know, I'm, I'm this and I'm that, but in reality, it's like the furthest thing from the truth. So mm. they're halfway crook. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reverse. <laughs> syndrome in reverse. But that said ain't no such thing as halfway through. <laughs> Please don't say something. Come with that line. Sometimes No, it's like, it's like, you know, I knew this dude, you know, he got on drugs or whatever after high school or whatever. And he used to, you know, he was, he was a popular guy in school or whatever, but then he got on them drugs and, you know, it affects your brain. But he would still go out like he was that same dude. And you'd be looking at him like, bro, you, you ain't that same person that you used to be. You can't, mm. you can't possibly think that you still got this effect on women that way, mm. that you look your appearances this way or whatever. Like, he'd be out and he'd be dressed, in his opinion, like, like he was a 10. Okay. But then you look at his clothes, you be like, brother, you not that Fuji. <laughs> <laughs> Fuji. You Fuji. Fuji. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. I wonder what that is. We have to find a term for what that is. Wankster? <laughs> I was just gonna say, I was just gonna say delusional. You know what I'm saying? Delusional. They got delusions of grandeur. Yeah, delusions of grandeur. That's in the so, DSM five, everybody. So <laughs> I found the definition for it, like a, a the real definition. It's it refers to an internal experience of believing that you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. And it says, while this definition is usually narrowly applied to intelligence and achievement, it has links to perfectionism and social context. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. We had a whole um, learning and development um, presentation around uh, imposter syndrome at my last job. And, you know, it was basically in the context of like being, being in corporate and how you know, you could, uh, people have this feeling that like they're not good enough, that they're not supposed to be here. And sooner or later, people are going to figure out that like, this is where they're supposed to be. And the uh, instructor said that it is, it's heightened among Black people and women, for sure, in any environment. So it, it isn't in the, it doesn't have to be in the context of like corporate environment or it's sort of just in any environment, in any environment where you could feel inadequate, um, imposter syndrome sort of creep can creep in. And so they were saying that like some of the ways you can combat like imposter syndrome is you can self-promote. 
So you could talk about all the things that like you do and that you're good at to sort of make your like have like, like this muscle memory in your brain to like sort of reinforce that like you belong here. Oh, I'm good at, you know, solving problems or like I make good grades in school. I know the equations. Like I can memorize the data and the information and you have to sort of self-promote amongst like your peers. And in your case, like your, you know, the, the your professors or the dean or whatever, because the self-promotion, one, it makes, it, it sort of makes you, it makes you seen as the, as, as the, this achievable person but it also sort of helps you internalize the belief that you are an achieved individual yeah so yeah. I thought that was real interesting no I agree because uh the only thing that really kind of circumvents it when it's, you start to feel it is you have to remind yourself of where you are because mm-hmm. you could be anywhere Mm-hmm. it's you hard could be anywhere you literally could be anywhere Straight and up. nothing about the path is easy and you said hey i'm going to be here and i'm showing up i'm and not here half-assing it i'm yeah. really here and i'm present and it's important and also you got to recognize if you're feeling it from a specific um place you have to know what that's about. Like if mm-hmm. you feel it when you're in a certain class, if you feel it with a certain subject, you got to explore what that's connected to and understand about who it's coming from. Right. Because in the moment you feel like, well, damn, maybe I'm not good enough. But then once you recognize the person delivering the message, it's like, no, that's not about me. Mm-hmm. I'm right. here for a reason. That has absolutely nothing to do with me. Are you projecting like <laughs> Stop projecting. I think that also, like, you know, I think it also shows, like, the importance of, like, knowing your story and being able to tell your story to people. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of times when you, like, when it comes to, like, mentoring the youth and things like that, we always tell them, like, you know, you can be anything you want to be. We give them, like, endless, uh, endless um, I guess aspirations and goals and just kind of just really try to build their confidence and we do that through telling them like our struggles, our past and you know how we got to this point in life or whatever. But if you can't talk about that effectively to people, a lot of yeah. times, you know what I'm saying, it's hard to convey that message. So you got to start before you even get to that ultimate point of success, you got to start learning how to like, you know, chapter out your story and learn like, you know, like the odds that you overcome and just kind of already be projecting yourself to prepare yourself to be in that better place mm-hmm. so that when you do get there you don't have to have to go through this whole period of like self-evaluation yeah moving forward you know so you already been working on that just building up to that moment anyway so that's really true I I've been feeling that I have to get better at that like I feel like I'm really good at like talking about stuff I'm doing now but then like if I feel like well I ain't really doing nothing now then I don't really got no story but then if I think about it long enough it's like wow but I've done all this stuff like I need to like chronicle that and like really like quantify it and make it and make a story like build a story around the stuff that I've done all these folks doing motivational speaking now. That's what they do. That I hate what it. they do. I hate it. I, I, mean, I, I want to punch somebody in the face when they play motivational you know, videos. What's crazy is like I feel like this is a great segue for our third topic. What? Our, our good, our good, our good uh, pastors and first lady. 
had them took a fall from grace. First Lady Good. First Lady Good. <laughs> First Lady Franklin. Good. <laughs> you are never going by Franklin. I, I know, I know, but. I never saw that. You don't know? You ain't going to that church? <laughs> I seen her in movies. I see her name ain't never changed. She ain't well, put she, a hy- she ain't I, hyphenated. I wouldn't change my name either. But a lot of these Hollywood people don't do that. I, I know. Do that. She was like First Lady Frank Side. She probably was there. First Lady Frank from that church on the front row in Hollywood. Uh, I feel years. like she was probably First Lady because them all women be pity in church. Well, she mentioned that okay. on a couple of interviews yeah. about yeah the pettiness. Like they would, they church one of the most pettiest places in this <laughs> world. Going to church, which is why it's not shocking that they got a divorce after nine years. They said they held out. What you mean? <laughs> before yeah, they, before they got married. Yes, I was gonna say they it was motivational. It was that they was doing all that you got to be absent and know each other. And you got to and get to know each other. Mm-hmm. You can't have it slapped on your forehead and be like, hey, you know, this is how we get close. <laughs> we um uh, we put we people know that we is is use explicit language on this thing. So you can just say what I say. Yeah, you can say okay, we I got a whole thing to say we got explicit language on Oh, here. absolutely. Yeah, okay. we we That's tell everybody beforehand. Okay, well, you so, can't get a dick slapped on your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> and go to the church house is what he was trying to say. That's you can't do saying. that before you finally get married because that's the only way you're going to get to know a person. And I was like, that would have been difficult because that is not good. So I don't know. Well, she said... It's so, difficult for him or her. Well, It would have been difficult for me as a man. Because it's making good. Oh, really? <laughs> so he said he had been abstinent for 10 years before he met her. He wasn't even jacking. I, I don't know about all of that. <laughs> it's probably in his book, as you say, his, his motivational book. But he said he had been abstinent for 10 years before he met her. Then when they met and started like courting, they decided that we're going to be abstinent. And they, I think they only courted for like 10 months or maybe a yeah, year or something. It wasn't like a super yeah. long So time. for her, she was only abstinent for one year mm-hmm. or within whatever the 10 to 12 month period that they were courting each other. Yeah. But he was abstinent for 10 years. So he says, writing his motivational book. So he was like, I can go without it again. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was like, he was you like, don't make me <laughs> just start over. <laughs> For me, it's the whole like I was listening. We was listening to this show this morning where they was talking about you know the praying, praying all these prayers because every like the Franklins and the Wilsons of the world, Wilsons, uh, Sierra. Oh, okay. They'll have you going talk praying and putting uh black salt underneath your pillow and. Making a uh, vision board with you know uh, Valentino, uh, Isi Miyaki, uh, Cologne. Yeah, you know, and it's just like okay, and not to say this stuff don't work, but it's just like y'all over here trying to preach this whole thing about oh, you know, you said this prayer, let me publish my prayer on social media so you can get a man like me. And it's like, are we to believe that that's what's happening? First off, first off. <laughs> Let's talk, let's go, let's rewind it back to this whole okay. abstinence thing All right. with, with them. Sure. 
they may have done that, mm-hmm. but for celebrities, it's different. Okay. Like, think about his schedule and making good schedule. How many times they're gonna be in the same places, even the same city? Yeah. Throughout the or month, throughout the week. Yeah. To be able to hold out. Yeah. yeah. So, so that gives them a big, a, a better, a better support to that abstinence right there. Okay. You know, what I'm saying Russell Wilson gonna play season. It's gonna be, be six. It's gonna be sixteen games. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying that's four months right there. Mm-hmm. Then, not even fact factor in the preseason, all yeah, season work. Yeah, and she it, and she's singing all the type mm-hmm. of stuff. So being in the same place at the same time while you dating, that's different. I mean, it was like what Common and Tiffany Haddish just broke mm-hmm. up. Yeah. And it was like it didn't work out. Why didn't it work out? We mutually sidestep, but we just too busy. We just hardly ever in the same place together. Mm-hmm. So that absence though, I don't even compare that to the same way you're going to be absent to date somebody that lived 20 yeah, minutes yeah. away right. and working nine to five and always here and you always here and y'all always hanging out with each other. <laughs> like you ain't yeah, going to come over my that. house for a whole year, for a year, three, four times a week. That's true. And I'm sitting there like, like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Sniffing them ultra light beams, cause you know what I'm saying. No, so I don't even, I don't even compare that to the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And who knows, man? People be lying to. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, <laughs> I mean, just let's just keep it real. Let's just keep it real. Look at what anybody doing in that bedroom. And it sells books. You sell it sells book. books. But what old buddy was doing? He's talking about. Harvey. Man made a whole movie, book series off of but, how to get a man. And you on your third or fourth wife. Yeah. What are you talking about? Who was you about to say, buddy, that did what? You know, buddy, that always telling you how to avoid this man, avoid that man. Then he found oh, out buddy. Derek Jackson. Buddy. Then you doing all this stuff that you telling Yo. other women to avoid. Yo. Why are you putting out your playbook? Yeah. I got to know what it is that'll have you. With a bonnet on, saying it's the helmet of salvation. What is it? What 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 is it that's going what on in between this relationship that'll have your ass on a live on social media saying you got a helmet of salvation and praying after your nigga was just outed is being at several women's houses and busting them down. You. <laughs> Delusions are grander. You know what I'm saying? You brainwash. <laughs> Everything, no man, you know, some people just be so far gone in them relationships, they don't know. They don't know. And the best and the best way, the best way to make yourself uh to 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 build yourself up. To where you're like you're not un, you just unbothered about what people say about you is to go on social media and just stunt in front like it. You man, when she saw that when that dude got caught, she she probably crumbled at the house. Yeah, for sure. She probably oh, she probably <laughs> fell off her. She probably fell off the edge of her bed, hit her back on the carpet. You know what I'm saying? Body, body was probably all 360 <laughs> degree turned off her head. It was wild side. It was the Bobby Brown haircut. You know what I'm saying? No, she looked like she had been in a bunker. So I was just she like, did. 
So this is, but she that's might, what be confusing she me. She might be locked up downstairs. You that's know what, what I'm saying? Because I be hearing oh, men like. They be saying they want a woman in the house, and I'm like, is that what you mean? Like in a bunker? They might. This is my. They they might mean that. These four walls. This is this is where this your spot. This your kingdom. It's your kingdom. That's why you always hear about people complaining about how they constantly with somebody, but they feel alone. You know what I'm saying? They get they they probably in a situation with a with a mate. A uh, partner or boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever you want to call it, where that person got them, uh, you know, feeling like you know, staying in the house and being a good wife or being a good husband or being a good boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. But sitting in this house is showing me that you committed to this relationship because you want to make this work. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna work all outside this mug. Mm -hmm. But while you here, you hold it down. And you just, but you, so you feel like you're in a lonely relationship. It's a horrible feeling. I ain't never had it, but you know, I uh, imagine it is. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Are <laughs> we living in a lonely castle? I'm gonna dive into that. <laughs> right. Um, so we were, so we were trying to figure out, like, based on the, you know, the relationships that we've seen. Like, I would have imagined Megan Good and uh, Pastor Franklin <laughs> would have been together forever. Why? Well, I don't know. They just seem that like a seemed cool great couple. They're running a whole bunch of stuff in the yeah. media, media about them carrying out. Well, not even in social media. Like it just felt like you know you didn't see or hear anything. And they, to me, I never really saw them post about anything. Yeah. You know, what I mean, I didn't really see them on my timeline like I see these other couples. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of part of the reason why I thought they probably gonna be cool because people ain't in their business. Yeah, really what I was thinking. Man, um, I don't think she. Uh, I don't think she probably ever even adjusted to like what her role was in in that relationship. Okay. Most past, I can say most pastors. A lot of pastors need to have that that uh, that king title that mm -hmm. I got this. I, she she's my rock type of situation. I'm holding this house down. I'm the breadwinner. I got the big ego type of deal. But when they, but when like in his situation, she had a wife, then nobody even know who he really was until he got until he yeah, got with her. Really and so sometimes men can't handle that that the fact that they they women is the one getting all the attention. Mm -hmm. Same way you see with the, a lot of these women who are who are big singers and entertainers in the industry, mm -hmm. their husbands always got to be the, the manager or yeah. be in a situation because they are be so unhappy that they are not in control of things. Stamming yeah. a legend. Because yeah. when I tell you he don't care, he be in that little shack outside yeah, with them tomatoes. Try to wait. <laughs> the way I seen him uh, in that video today, living on they, their dog, overfed her dog a short rib for her birthday. And girl, the way Stamming was on that dog, I said, boy, Stamming know his place. Why not fuck a up a good, line. Why, why fuck up a good day? I, he wow. know his role to be there for her. Do, uh -huh. You know, whatever Oprah want to do, he right there doing it with Oprah. Dave Chappelle put it out there first. That's how you're supposed <laughs> to act when you deal with Oprah. Minus the whole like just just fucking off her money part. You know what I'm saying? You both for thirty years he been happily 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 a partner. <laughs> 
Happily apart. How his cool house the size of a regular yeah, house? Yeah, the size of a, I was a, looking a, a like, star home. Yeah. That's yeah. the pool house? Yeah. That's where he live at. That's, that's where he, he, he really do. Because when she went on and walked through her garden. And <laughs> <laughs> that nigga was in the pool house. They gonna stay in the house. I was like, wait. <laughs> he ain't in the big house. And don't care like nobody <laughs> clowning him about it. Like, he probably just be he like. He could care less. He like, but where do you live? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> what do your wife make a year? When you walk outside your door, what you see? I see cars. You ain't seen your dog short reels. <laughs> and I ain't came up. <laughs> and I ain't doing it. <laughs> no, you ain't giving us the oppressive okay. dog. I he really care. ain't got no reason. He really ain't got no reason. They ain't got no kids. So they ain't really stress-free on that level because they yeah. ain't got no kids messing up stuff all the time, trying to go clean up their mistakes. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. just happily with one of the richest and most powerful women in the world. And so, she like, you know what? We ain't even got to get married. Can we just live together on the same property? <laughs> Sold. <laughs> Boom. And how long they been together? That's why I'm just like... 30 plus be, years. It could be so simple. So in the same vein, like, do we do we really believe that unconditional love exists? It's rare. It doesn't. <laughs> I believe. I, I, I believe. Congratulations, does, you played yourself. No, it doesn't. It doesn't exist. <laughs> I believe a lot of people, I, but not in the ro- in the romantic way. I believe a lot of people got unconditional love. One, people got unconditional love for their kids. Not at all, not all parents. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, yeah, when you like I watch a lot of true crime stuff, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And you know, when you be seeing like a dude about to go to jail for the rest of his life because he didn't murder three people mm-hmm. or he a serial rapist or something like that, and his mama and his parents or somebody up in there still crying in the courtroom like they're gonna miss him. And he's obviously a menace to society, he's a serial killer. Yeah. This motherfucker is ill. Yeah. In the mind. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but his mama don't never turn her back. That's her baby forever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it does, it does exist on that level. Now I get what you're saying too. And I've told like I'm for in relationships. I don't believe in no unconditional love in no relationships. Why? Because your my because my love comes with some conditions. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm not gonna be loving you, and you ain't you ain't giving me nothing. I'm not gonna be loving you, and you constantly messing up all the time. I got some conditions. You know what I'm saying? You say what? (laughs) He said messing up all the time. Did it get them together? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I think you need to ask conditions. You know what I'm saying? I think we we be giving too much stuff away. Without mm-hmm. without negotiating with conditions and stuff yeah, like that. Wow, that's right up. You know what I'm saying? Like black folks be like, just vote for the Democrats. Okay. Mm-hmm. On what condition? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what is we gonna get? You know what I'm saying? Because if we what ain't we get nothing, I'm going to these yeah. independents. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, like, but unconditional love, like, why do you want to just love somebody regardless? I mean, I'm personally not interested. That whole thing, no, I guess my thing with even the parents loving the serial killers, I feel like sometimes we confuse unconditional love with unhealthy attachment. We we want to dress it up because it looks nice and we can say, oh, it means I just, 
I love you so much and I just don't because you're my baby, my child still. And it's like, but you'll look at some of them situations, you'll find out how the serial killer grew up and you're like, oh, that's not love. You've been messed old boy up. And some of them be there out of guilt. They be crying because I mean, they're guilty yeah. because they created the monster. Yeah. So for me, I've even seen enough situations with people with kids to where I'm just like, no, nah, it's not necessarily unconditional love with like children. I think sometimes people dress it up in that because instead of acknowledging what type of love it is, it's just easy to say, well, it's because I had a baby. It's unconditional love. Well, that's the case. Everybody has a baby with it. So it don't that can't be used to reference that connection. Like you will have a different connection with your child depending on who you are and how you raise them. And especially like with romantic relationships, I feel like it's not fair when I hear like, I've heard Chris Rock say this. He was like, don't know men have unconditional love. It's just women and babies. And I'm like, well, I don't think that's true. I feel like a lot of times people confuse conditions of love with, oh, you won't let me overstep boundaries. And mm. I'm like, no, that's not the same thing. Like, you've been overstepping boundaries with people and you've been violating. And so now you want to come to somebody and say, oh, you want unconditionally love me. You must not care about me because I can't violate you like that. And it's like, no, nah, mm-mm. Like, it's, it's conditions. It's, that's conditions or boundaries. Everybody should have boundaries. Because the problem is people just see it as, oh, this person is open and vulnerable and loving. So, I'm just like capitalize on that because it ain't no conditions to it. Mm-hmm. I'm just running them. I'm just running them out. Mm-hmm. Well, thank God everybody ain't just gullible. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? But thank I God. mean, but some people do. I think do love unconditionally still. You know what I'm saying? But it just it's all about what kind of person you are and you know what it is. You know what I'm saying? That you're trying to do. It's, I mean, but I think a lot of folks get caught up in when I'm talking about marriage and stuff like that, trying to make it last, wanting it to work out, trying to compare it to something they have no clue what it was in the past. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm, I'm really just tired of people saying, I want what my grandparents had. I want what my uncles and aunt, my parents had. You don't know what they had. They just had you. They had you. All they have is you. They had, no, I'm saying they had you. They, that's what they did together. They had you, but you don't know what their relationship was like. You've never sat down with your mom and talked to you about what your daddy that's was true. like. You never sat down with your dad and talked to what, what, what your mom was like. You know what I'm saying? You don't know if you want that for yourself. So stop trying to wish, your, wish other people's uh, longevity on your relationship because you don't know what they had to put up with. You don't know how many side babies. You don't know how you don't know how many orgies they went to. Lord, you know no. what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> you don't, you don't, I mean, a lot of times, a lot, a, a lot of times people don't think about you right here. Some some people see one parent working in the household. Uh-huh. And they be like, oh, they were just holding it down. You know, we were struggling with that. But do you, but do you know sometimes that one of them parents just refused to go to work? I ain't gonna go to work. And the other parent just had to keep paying the bills because you was there, because they had you. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Stop saying that you want to do that type of stuff, man. What you need to do is figure out what you want, 
write it down, memorize it, whatever, and then work on that level. Figure out what you want, what you need. Yeah. But like that's comparing yourself to other relationships, that's mm-hmm. just, that's why I don't pay attention to nothing that's going on on social media. I know people who constantly complain about their mate. Yeah, me too. And we then, all do. But then got the nerd to pop up and with a nice little photo it once a month with, with, with boo, with bae. You know what else? Ten know? years. We know we know them same people posting that girl in in my DMs. Come on, the same the same ones. I married. Wow, okay, buddy. Hey, aren't you married? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I love when they do this. They put that emoji over somebody's face. Oh, that's, that's my. Oh, you were sh- you sharing, huh? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We talked about that the last time. <laughs> you sharing? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, I don't be knowing how to react to a lot of them situations because I guess I don't get the need to like publicize a relationship that you don't believe in. You want me to? You want me to believe in it? But you don't believe in it. So, because people want that approval. Because I'm like, that's crazy to me. Like, did you go write a paragraph about a lady and talk about you want to eat my ass? How that work? What? How that work? I think it's time for that shot. <laughs> <laughs> We've been through two, so many episodes. Maybe they, they unconditionally like to eat ass. And absolutely, I love to. They absolutely love to do that. Yeah, that's yeah. the crazy part. I'm a, I'm a love you unconditionally, but please. Please let me slide the other women DM. <laughs> because that's just my nature. That's just what I that's do. That's just how I am. No, it's it's a it's somebody that we all know cloth. said that that's in men's nature. You said what? It's somebody that we know said that's in men's nature. To do what? Slide in DMs while they got somebody. Um, and we're gonna talk about that offline. <laughs> once we take once we take once we toast to the, our last um episode of the year. Well, I, that's it. Ain't just men; women do it too. Oh yeah! You know <laughs> oh, absolutely. Of course, you had to slide that in. I mean, it's the truth. Like, no, I didn't realize how everybody literally was cheating. Like, no, I didn't realize that. What's funny is that that's very accurate. <laughs> yeah, like everybody's I cheating. I didn't. I was like, wait, so everybody's cheating? Everybody. <laughs> women just got got a whole nother slickness to they to their ways. Cheers to the slickness of women. <laughs> Cheers to, to y'all too. <laughs> Gotta be quicker than that. <laughs> Trust me. So I didn't got a lot of the I didn't got a lot done. As we just, <laughs> as we're kind of all like sort of winding down the the um the end of the year and just like thinking and reflecting. Are there any um, relationships in particular that 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 you guys are grateful for or happy to have? And then in the same vein, are there relationships that you're happy the ship has sailed on? <laughs> Don't look at me. I mean, <laughs> well, here's looking at you. <laughs> yeah, you, you you brought it up. Let me let me listen to you first. I can't pose the question and then answer at the same time. Like you put me on the spot. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm actually over this past year, like I really did make it some really good, like new connections and new friends. 
I decided to do some different stuff. I decided to start saying yes more to going out, like not because I was worried about the pandemic, but just because like, I really don't like, I'm an outgoing person, but I'm also introvert, introverted, but like kind of contrary to what people may know about me, I'm very shy and I no. am very, <laughs> I'm also very socially awkward and I don't like small talk. I suck at it. I'm also very clumsy and like my glasses be fogging up, maybe embarrassing me. Uh, it's just weird stuff be happening for me in social settings and I'm kind of a nerd. And so it's really hard to like, feel like, oh, I can make new friends. But I feel like I've been doing a really good job of just putting myself into new spaces. And like I said, saying yes to going to to invitations of people that I would typically not go. So I'm really thankful for like new friendships. I think that me and my best friend, um, Taylor have really strengthened our relationship uh my my podcast buddy and 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 friend bali we've been we've been kicking it tough like we've been having really a lot of fun together and he's my buddy um and, <laughs> and just, your unconditional podcast partner yeah and just so many other friends my friend um uh GDT that I travel with he's my travel buddy we go lots of places together so I'm thankful for that um and a few friendships that you know I thought I was gonna be friends with a couple of people and then you know had to you know you know we didn't work out for me like that your friendships and had expiration dates <laughs> she's had a few inspirations that was conditional <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for sure <laughs> and um <laughs> So yeah, I had to let that go. And then just people that like, you know how sometimes you be like, I thought we was cool or you try to engage people because they say they want to be your friend. But like, there's just not, it's just not there and you don't want to force it. So just being able to sort of see like, and it's cool. See, okay, we used to be friends, we ain't friends no more. That really sucks. But like, it's, it's better for you to be where you want to be and me to be where I want to be versus us being in places that we don't, we shouldn't be at the same time at all. And so I'm happy for just like friendships that never, that never came to be also because <laughs> at least not in this season, because they wasn't meant for me, maybe in the next season. Yeah. Oh, and my dog, my literal dog. <laughs> We like been, she could, we cool. We've been getting along well too. I love it. Well, it's a joyous occasion. Just <laughs> <laughs> do say it me. Okay. It's a joyous occasion. It's so beautiful and lovely to be. Bust out some jingle bells in this Well, world. listen, I'm going to bust out with the Mariah. No. <laughs> no. We stand on track about. Developing relationships. What's the topic? Hold on. <laughs> Developing sustainable relationships is the topic. Okay. So, All right. To answer your question, I definitely feel like I was very grateful this year. And it's funny because Selena mm-hmm. finds me dramatic and I very force her so. into being so exposed. What? Me dramatic. Very much so. I expose her to my emotions forcefully. <laughs> I will burst and she was in front of her at a moment's notice and she just be sitting there like, oh no, we're gonna do this. 
<laughs> we're doing this now. You're gonna crash course. <laughs> so it's funny because we definitely got stronger in the aspect of like being very vulnerable with what mm-hmm. we feeling and stuff that we going through and being able to communicate that because I think that's really important with creating sustainable relationships is having yeah. the openness to trust somebody with information like that and y'all I just want to say shout out y'all Steven on my girl put her on y'all boards she needs to have yeah. fellowships she needs to have all the money out of grant money because she didn't help me come up this year and what's rare is having friends that give you advice that work <laughs> now I tell you what's rare because <laughs> people have commentary but it don't be meaningful so when you do find somebody who can provide value to your life, it's not just about things, but it's really just about grounding you and exposing you to different things and allowing you to see things from a different perspective. Because, you know, we have had really, you know, uncomfortable conversations with each other. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, she didn't have to tell me stuff. I didn't have to tell her stuff. And I just sit there with, she tell me stuff. That's when I started crying. She was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> Ugly girl, though. I do. Oh, I it's like it's, it's like Annalise. You see Annalise King cry on how to get away with murder, and it be She be having like. Are you talking about Viola? Uh, Viola. Miss Viola. Yeah, I've seen I've seen memes. She for some reason she can't control what's going on. When I tell you, <laughs> that's why it be ugly. That's what makes it. Maybe ugly. she put like beaks on her nose. I think she do. Uh, no, you think it's natural? It's natural. She did it in Antoine Fisher. She did nobody even know her back then. She did it in Fix It. Oh, I've been cool. in the same place as you try. <laughs> like, you gonna put all that snap right on top of all your milk. Yeah, you I mean she get she will give you a good thing cry. Uh, that would make I would be so dis- <laughs> I would be so distracted. I'd be like what if she blow a bubble? <laughs> what she like just- your nose wet. Your nose and your lips is wet. <laughs> I'll be ready to hold on uh, some tissue. Like, here your tissue, here your Kleenex. Get that. Yeah. Get that. No. It'd be, it be a lot. It'd be a lot. But you be doing that in the pandemic, man. Like, like, look. And like a little COVID moisture right there. You that's what, what that's what we swab. I did I did COVID swabbing. That's what we swab. Uh, we swab that. Little, little COVID moisture you on top of your lips. Swirly, like she get a good sample. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you, get, you take that little cute tip. Right, I'm like oh girl, that's a good one. <laughs> I'm saying, so. I can send this to the CDC to check the variants. Like the Henrietta Lacks, no COVID swab. <laughs> <laughs> Breeze this away. It's a lot of cold moisture right here. I was like, girl, can we use this for samples? <laughs> no, Tutorial it's so, so small. It's um <laughs> it's honestly a blessing because I remember a time when I did have relationships that took a lot. And she's also been friends with me since I've had relationships like that, where it was one-sided. So for me now, it, it just feels weird when you finally get in a place with people and people are kind to you and they treat you well. And most of what you dealt with is it's kind of like you got to have an exchange for people to like show up for you. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not going above and beyond, people just don't show up. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like it be it's crazy because you tend you end up normalizing thinking that's how your friendship's supposed to go. And then when you let the person know that's not how it's supposed to go, it's like they don't want to be friends, you know. <laughs> oh man. Uh for me, I think everybody different about how they develop like sustainable relationships and stuff. For me, it's just about um connection you know, and privacy. Like, I'm like, I'm one of those people, like, you know, I use social media to, to you know, entertain, engage, inform people, but I don't do a lot of personal talk because I enjoy the, the personal stuff to stay between me and my people. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just an inside joke, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I like to keep it between us. If it's some real information, I might just share it with you because you're close to me. And so I just enjoy the fact that like I got good personal connections and private relationships with like a lot of good people in my life that help me. I help them. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, you know, people are around. You, you can tell when your life moving and things going in a good direction, and you start seeing that it's not only just happening in your life; it's happening to the people around you mm-hmm. too. It's, it's just a good sign because, you know, people say, you know, you are your friends, you are the company that you keep. And so, like, <clears throat> you know, I'm one of people like, shoot, when I, when I take that next step up, when I raise up and I do something, I'm sure I'm trying to pull somebody up with me too so mm-hmm. we can all keep on thriving. And, you know, we get to this point in life now where we just start thinking, like, you know, not just day-to-day stuff, we're thinking more long-term strategic planning. And so, like, I'm just glad that I got a good surf, a uh, good circle around me. I might always have that public persona, but I'm always have a private personality. And so, just I'm just grateful for the fact that the people that's in my life, man, respect that because, man, some folks like to put everything and anybody on blast. And we living in a world now where you know we talk about cancel culture all the time, and sometimes. The, but I guarantee you, if you're talking about cancer culture, whatever, but uh, it's also a culture of like people uh, exposing. Yes. Exposing like the people that's, that's like the, a trend. Yeah. Uh, exposing people that's the closest to them. Yeah. And so, it's like screenshots. Yeah. Like all this information for people that you really had a good relationship. Because I didn't have some friends with some bad stuff, but it never crossed my mind to say, yeah. I'm going to let the world know like what you, yeah. that's not important. It's okay. We part of ways. That's fine. Like we don't have to yeah. do all that. But now it's really more about trying to put yourself in a, and I really feel like it just got a lot to do with victimhood. I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of people like being a victim. And so, yeah, they love it. They like the attention. So if they post something about a person and say, oh, this person is horrible. Look at these screenshots. They get to be a victim. People love it. People love it. And then one thing we know about social media is people love to see a good story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was was reading, uh, reading some stats off the other podcast that I do. And uh, I was looking at the times that people was listening to it. They was like, most people listen to your stuff between 11 a.m. and 5 p.m. I was like, oh, I got a bunch of people who listen to me while they at work. It go right along with what's going on with what I do because it's like, 
all day long, social media is just there sometimes is just a distraction for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a distraction for everybody else. And so people go on there throughout the day. You never see nobody really posting no juicy stuff mm-hmm. at 9.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. No gossip, 9 30 p.m. You know what? They be like, I'm gonna hit y'all with this at 10 30 yeah. in the morning. You wake up in the morning, your timeline going crazy. Going crazy. Like nigga Navy. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best day of my life. <laughs> you real, keep it real, but if you fake you phony. But join the Navy, you can't mess with the drama. You know what I'm saying? Ugh. They all they be they be right there waiting for it. So you know, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for people in my life. We all know. Like, look, I'm just a phone call, a text away. Yeah. Let we, me know what's bothering you. Yeah. Like, we ain't got to we do all this. What's your frustration? <laughs> what's your frustration? We ain't got to tweet about it. You ain't got to tweet nah. through it. You ain't got to Facebook post through it. I mean, this part of the reason why I don't be killing people with my business. I ain't going to front. Yeah. I'll be like, child. I, mean, I tell people after it's over. Yeah. Oh, I was dealing with this with this video. You don't uh, got to go through it. I don't even like posting that I'm on the vacation while I'm on the vacation. I oh like, my God. I like I to come back. I like to come back. Ooh, I had a great time. Where you go now? I was out there three weeks ago. Don't tell me. I act like we back in the 90s. I just got these pictures developed. You know what I'm saying? Man, I seen somebody on vacation and I wanted to ask her so bad, like, where are you? But I was like, I ain't even know your business. But I really wanted to know. It's none of our business. None of our business. She, she never said where she was. She was just posting these cool pictures. I was like, man, I wish I knew where she was. She was in the Vaughn's Bluff. <laughs> right. In them caves. <laughs> <laughs> With the billy goes. Oh god. <laughs> well, <laughs> it looks like we're we're fresh out of topics and and fresh into a a new uh wanna, a new beer. Did you want to try this beer? Do it say milk stout? Uh huh. Yeah. It's peanut butter. I'll try it. Yeah. So 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 this is you know our final segment of the show is called Four Ingredients. You got a glass. Well, I was going to let her drink out the glass, because she already got a glass and you yeah. drink out the bottle. Uh, you got a bottle cap opener? Yeah. Okay. So. Just making sure you got all the tools. We call it four ingredients because yeah. it takes four incredible ingredients to make a beer. And that's water, hops, yeast, and barley. Today, Bali picked the beer. So you do the honors of discussing it. Okay. Um <laughs> So Bowie always come to me like, you know, pick something different. So I did. I was searching, <laughs> searching, searching for something different. Searching, searching, searching. So, you know what I'm saying? This right here, come. Look, I'm sick of all the laughter, okay? Now, what are y'all doing? Are y'all, are y'all, are y'all whispering we'll jumps to each other? We're ready. We're listening to you, Dr. the Beard. Damn. Oh, this is from Left Hand Brewing. Okay. That's in Longmont, <laughs> Longmont, California. Man, Colorado, my bad. Okay. Colorado, 6.2. We like Left Hand. We've had them before. Yeah, that's why I picked it up, too. Okay. And so this is uh peanut butter milk stout nitro. We I don't think we've ever even reviewed a stout, but uh this like it says a super smooth peanut buttery bliss with notes of milk chocolate. And 
yeah, that's pretty much it as far as like the what like I say, left hand brewing out of Colorado. Uh, I just want to see what this is gonna taste like, and it's kind of like like you know some flavor for, for the holidays. So let's see. Yeah. Let's see what it do. I mean, it actually looks really interesting. Did you say it was 6.2? 6.2. And then 25 uh, IBUs. For everybody that's always complaining that all I want to do is get an IPA. Okay, well, I'm trying something new. Yeah, and I actually think like non-beer drinkers drink, they like stouts for whatever reason. Non-beer drinkers like stouts? Yeah. That's different. That's what I think. Okay. Don't don't spill that, okay? <laughs> what you gonna do? So it see? has this really interesting. I'm you, don't do it. Okay. Right. You ain't gonna do it. It's got a really interesting. <laughs> You're not gonna do like... nothing. Either. Especially like I'm spilling it. <laughs> Why you wash your mouth? <laughs> lean it, lean it, lean it, so you don't get a whole lot of fizz. She see, she not because they say you have to hard pour, so you hard pour it. Oh, I didn't read that. That's what I was trying to explain. I read. It's a Sometimes. hard. Sometimes. I'm on PubMed every All right. <laughs> Cheers. Oh, I want you to get some more. I don't want you to drink a whole one. Mm. Mm. It smells good. Oh, it do. It, it smells real good. It smells. The smell on this joint, it's straight peanut butter, but you smell yeah. that, you know what I'm saying? It's chocolatey. Uh, it's smooth. A milk, mm. peanut butter milk stout. It's got super smooth peanut buttery bliss with notes of milk oh, chocolate. Oh, I like this. It's like a holiday beer. Mm-hmm. Hey, I like this. I ain't had a style it's so long. Good. It's not bad. I, I like this, man. I want the nitro effect, though. I don't even drink uh, beer in this Let me see if this going to do it. Man, okay. Hey, I picked a good flavor on that one. Mm-hmm. I do like peanut butter. Like, I like peanut butter cookies, like candy bars, all type of stuff. But this chocolate mixed with it, hey, I could, I ain't had a style in so long, but I'm telling you, like, I can fool with this. Like, I want to pay. It has a chocolatey finish, too. Yeah. Like, you can still taste the chocolate. Yeah. It's like dark chocolate. Make you want to go have some cho- some candy, yeah. chocolate candy with it. I got some chocolate. It's doing it. it. Chocolate with anything in it. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's doing the nitro effect. Oh, okay. You want it to fizz with the uh with the mixture of the, of the colors. Well, you know when you do when you do stouts on nitro, is it the whole glass usually looks like this at the top, and then it slowly like stabilizes and and it turns dark. You wanted to see the chemical reaction. Yeah. So when when <laughs> so for those of y'all want to see the nitro effect, you gotta go get this because Bowie enjoy the nitro effect to it. I'm telling you, you might like this beer if you don't even like beer. You would like this beer if you like Reese's pieces. Yeah, because you can taste it. You taste chocolate and peanut butter. Yeah. This is good. I want to drink this beer outside in the cold. Yeah. By fire. Oh, you got it. Yeah. 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 Mm, That would be delicious. Bonfire with the s'mores. Not not on Christmas, y'all, because, you know, it's going to be 80 degrees here on Christmas. Not on that day. You want to go outside with a little cold with the bonfire. (laughs) 
we need to get Elliot. Um, we need to do a, a podcast at his house. He got a bar for it. Yeah. Already. Okay. Well, but I, I I'm giving left hand Bruins peanut butter milk stuff. I'm giving that the thumbs up. I think y'all need to go try that. Like I, like like Taylor said, if you like Reese's uh, Reese's peanut mm-hmm. butter, man, this is a nice beer to just sit and relax with you. And it's six point two, so you so you ain't you ain't getting no uh you ain't getting no Miller High Life. Yeah, you gonna be good with one of those. Well, couple of those. Couple of these, you should be straight. You ain't gonna smell and like the be people in uh, Green Briar. Cause Miller High Life, hey, you smell like them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> for all you PBR, for all you PBR sippers, Miller High Life, <laughs> drinking them ponies. ponies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a drinking pony. I got a friend I need to call because they always say we should go get ponies, and I'm a dude. I'm gonna have one pony with dude, and I'm not playing with him no more about it. Man, who still serve ponies? Four quarters. For real? Mm-hmm. That is so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you say treacherous? The trenches. The trenches. Fresh yeah. about the slums. <laughs> Come and get your ponies. Come and get you a pony, man. And they're cheap too. They're like, you know, five for 125 or something. Mm. Five for one five dollars. Be five ponies for one dollar and twenty-five cents. It's something like that. I'm not exaggerating, but it's close. They to start that. right there. <laughs> hey, there there was a there was an era there was an era where there some there was a club in Little Rock about ten years ago used to get have a quarter beer night. Oh, come in there with a dollar, you could literally drink four beers. Mm. But like Bud Lights, yeah, mm. probably Miller High Light, Bud Light, Coors. That smell uh, off them beers just be rough for me. <laughs> but you can deal with this. This smells lovely. Like this smells yeah. like a Bath and Body Works candle. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. It don't even smell like beer. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it don't taste like. I mean, it tastes like beer, but yeah, it, it tastes like a good. stout. But yeah, but it's like this is probably some of the best mixture of stout I've never had. I used to sip Guinness stouts, but they wasn't tasting like this. Ooh, I had a Guinness once in my life. Me too. Well, I'm so happy that you could join us and that you enjoy the beer because that's rare. It's around here for guests. And you are, I think you the first, is you the first? She the second. I'm talking about that. Actually tried the beer with us. The second, because Omavi tried the beer. He was the first. Shout out to Omavi. Yeah. And then shout out to uh, Side Baby over here. (laughs) Now look. (laughs) (laughs) You say my mama. (laughs) Hey, not little baby, <laughs> not the baby, but side baby. I thought you called a side of baby. I was like, oh, nah. I love you. I love you. I'm just calling a side baby for that's that's what she is. That's though. Her name on social, social media. Oprah side baby though. I know. I want to try to give me your whole name. Yeah. I ain't know you want some new followers. Yeah, I do. Oprah side baby. I be on there. Yup. Sometimes she be on there acting acting rich. I love triggering certain people because <laughs> I know I'll get a reaction. Yeah, that's why you're here today. <laughs> well, follow Oprah side, baby. I'm here. And then follow us at AAMOB underscore pie on Instagram and Twitter. And leave us a voice note, voicemail too, as leave well. Go to Anchor 
uh, website. Yeah. And uh, do that because Bowie was highly upset. I am so glad that she does not drop songs because I told her, <laughs> you know, just because, you know, imagine what all these rappers can maybe like listen to my song on SoundCloud and you don't go hit the link. And I, know, listen. And I be doing it. I scroll right yeah. past <laughs> And so now she was upset because none of her, well, not all her friends did follow instructions. Just look, just notice right here, you still blessed and they got poor impulse control. That's all it is, okay? That's all it is. They, they got poor impulse they impulses, Yeah, I agree. Well, in the meantime, you know, everybody be safe. Take care of yourself. Look out for yourself. Look out for each other. All right, and we'll see y'all in 2022. Man, straight up. Wear your mask. Wear your mask. <laughs> M-A-S-S. Where are you at?